Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. You tonight, I really want to talk about groups of demons and how demons work together and group up. I want to talk about some specific demons and their functions. And then at the end, I want to do a mass prayer of deliverance. We may do a QA if we have time, but I doubt we have time. I'm telling you guys, we need to be aware, especially right now, that the hour that we are living in is that we are in an invisible war. Right now, there is an invisible war going on all around us. And the major issue in the body of Christ is most Christians have no clue how to fight the battle that they are in. In fact, most believers do not realize that they are being attacked in the unseen realm and because they don't even know that they're being attacked, come on, share this, they don't know how to fight back in the unseen realm. And what happens is we live our entire lives subjects to de- subject to demons that God has given us power over. He says, I've given you power and authority to trample on serpents and scorpions. You've been given power over every demonic spirit, every demonic power, and you don't have to live your life subject to demonic spirits. I thought about Paul as Paul says, I want to teach you about spiritual things, but you still need me to come tell you about the natural realm. Here is where we are at and the body of Christ in America. We are such spiritual infants and so spiritually dull as the writer of Hebrews said that the Bible wants to tell us more and deeper about the spiritual realm. Paul came to the church of Corinth and said, I want to tell you about the supernatural realm and spiritual things so bad, but the problem is that you are so carnally minded, that you are carnal in your thinking, that every time you look at a situation in your marriage... Every time you look at a situation at your job, every time you look at situations in your family, you are always looking at it from a carnal perspective and you don't realize that we are living in the supernatural realm as believers, that you are a spirit being and the battle that we are fighting and the battle that is raging is an unseen battle. We have to stop living our lives so much in the natural, so carnal that God says, I want to take you to new dimensions and new places, but you're so focused on the natural and on the carnal. It's amazing how we can go to the doctor to get diagnosed in the natural, but tonight I'm going to diagnose you in the spiritual and some of you will get mad. Don't get mad at the doctor when he tells you something is there. Don't get mad when I tell you that you need deliverance. It's amazing what you will do when you go to the doctors. They'll tell you to put on a nice little gown. They'll tell you to take your clothes off. They'll make you cough. They'll put their hand in places and you're perfectly fine because you know that they have your best interest in mind and there's something that they need to diagnose. But then you have preachers that tell you to come to the altar. You have preachers that tell you to pray a certain prayer. You have preachers that tell you that you need deliverance and you go, oh brother, who do you think you are trying to tell me that I need deliverance? Who do you think you are trying to tell me that I need to seek help or I need to get breakthrough or God needs to heal 
heal me or deliver me. And it's so amazing to me how you'll allow a natural doctor to diagnose you, but you won't let a pastor or a preacher diagnose you spiritually. Yet there are spiritual issues that medicine can't solve. There are mental battles that you fight that are not natural, that you don't need medication to regulate your hormones. You actually need a deliverance. And because pastors have no backbone in America and we're too weak, we're not telling you that you need to get set free and that you need deliverance. I prophesy and I speak that there is a healing wave of deliverance getting ready to break out in the American church that God is going to release a new power and a new authority like never before. I've been hearing the Lord say this saying, Isaiah, I'm going to release a new spiritual authority over the live streams. That means some of you, we would have to sit with you for hours and pray prayers of deliverance. But God is getting ready to release a new anointing that's going to break chains like never before. That all of a sudden you're watching the broadcast, you're sitting at home and demons begin to scream out of you because there is power in the blood of Jesus. Friend, I want to tell you everything we preach about, everything we talk about is about the cross. It is all about the cross. It is all about the blood of Jesus. And tonight I want to tell you that there is power in his blood. There is power by his spirit. The Bible says, not by my strength nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And so tonight we are going to evict every demon by the power of the spirit. Tonight, I want you to wrap your head around the spiritual realm and stop living in the natural realm. You are serving a God that is in spirit and a God that is spirit. And one of the disconnects is that we don't realize that we were spiritual beings before we were physical beings. And I'm going to explain this. It's all going to lead on to groups of demons and everything that we're talking about tonight. But understand that in Genesis 1.26, the Bible says we were made in God's image and God's likeness. Now, how many know we weren't made physically in the image of God. God is not a physically imaged type of God, but we were made spiritually in the image of God. So before we were made for the natural realm, we were made for the supernatural. Hello, Matt Cruz. Thank you for being here tonight, bro. We were made in the supernatural realm, which means we are first spirit beings. We were created spiritually before we were created naturally. And that's why God is able to say when Jeremiah said, Lord, I can't be a prophet. Lord, I'm too young and I don't know how to prophesy. He said, Jeremiah, before you were in your mother's womb, I knew you. Wait a minute. Stop right there. How could you know somebody before they were in their mother's womb? Because he said, Jeremiah, I knew you spiritually before I knew you naturally. You were a spirit before you were a person. And Jeremiah, I know that you could be a prophet and I know that you have what it takes because you, me and you met up in the spirit realm before you were in your mother's womb. And we're going to talk about how demons can come into people in their mother's womb. And I'm going to give you scriptures to back all of this up. Understand that we are spiritual beings. That is why Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature, that the old things are passed away and behold, all things are made new. Understand that Paul is not talking about your physical body. If you were a man before you accepted Christ, 
How many know, and I'm losing my voice, praise the Lord, already. How many know that you are still a man after receiving Christ? If you were a woman before coming to the Lord, you're a woman after coming to the Lord. So Paul, what are you talking about saying I'm a new creature and I'm a new creation? What Paul was saying was not in the natural realm. Paul was talking about the spiritual realm. Paul is not talking about your physical body. He's talking about your spiritual man. Your body didn't change and your soul, which is what the Bible calls the mental or the emotional. Come on, this is good. Part of you, it doesn't automatically change either. So understand when you get saved, your physical body doesn't change. Come on, help me. You didn't lose 60 pounds when you got saved. You didn't grow out your hair when you got saved. Your teeth didn't straighten out when you got saved. Your nose didn't get smaller. Your ears didn't shrink back. Come on, you didn't get taller. How many, come on, how many can help me tonight? You didn't get taller when you got saved. Nothing changed about your natural man. So what do we do about all the verses that talk about radical change after getting saved? What it's talking about is in the spiritual realm, you got radically changed. This is good preaching. I hope somebody is taking notes tonight. So it's not your physical man and the church for so long, I don't want to get ahead of myself, is focused on the natural realm. That's why so many of you want to argue and so many of you want to talk about this and don't talk about demons and don't talk about deliverance and don't talk about the supernatural and don't talk about dreams and don't talk about generational curses and don't talk about angels and don't talk about principalities. It's because you are living so much in the natural, but when you're born again, you're born again in the spiritual. Understand that when you get saved most times, many times your soul is still subject to change. You have to renew your mind to experience the change in your mind and in your emotions. That's why the Bible says we have to use the word of God to renew our mind because in the soulish realm, which is your mind, your will, and emotion, come on guys, help me because we're going quick tonight, that realm has to be changed by the word of God. That realm does not just get changed when you get saved. What happens when you get saved is you get a brand new spirit. Understand what Paul was saying in the spirit you became a brand new species in the spirit you are completely new there is not an old sin nature left in your spirit man that's why when Nicodemus said he said how could I be born again and Jesus goes Nicodemus I'm not talking about in the natural realm I'm talking about come on somebody help me preach up in these comments tonight share this right now he said I'm talking about being born again in the supernatural realm and so what you need to understand before we really start diving into this uh, is that demons work in the realm of the soul write this down demons work in the realm of the soul and not in the realm of the spirit now when I say not in the realm of the spirit I mean when they're working in your personal life uh, they're not working in your spirit realm they're working in your soulish realm so you are a spirit yes you are flesh yes and you are a soul the soul being the mind the will and the emotions. That is why the devil's able to make your mind into a playground even though you have the Holy Spirit. That's why sometimes your will is fighting the things of God. That's why in the book of Romans, Paul said, I'm constantly battling. I don't understand this. He goes, every time I want to do something right, I inevitably do that which is wrong. See, Paul is giving us a picture of the battle that is going on in the soulish realm. Understand that your spirit, when you get saved, is made perfect, that you have the perfect spirit of almighty God, but your flesh is still going, is still being redeemed, still being renewed. And that's why you have to keep working at your salvation. So understand 
demons are working in the realm of the soul now this is going to answer a lot of questions and understand i've already done a two-hour teaching on how to cast out demons i've already done two and a half hours of q a i've already talked about the demons in your dreams i'm not going to keep going back and telling you guys the same thing if you want to go into detail you can go on my youtube channel and you could find all of the information on that i'm not going to keep reviewing everything that i've already talked about because new people are jumping in but you have to understand that number one question we ask is can a christian have a demon here's why the church is constantly arguing over whether a Christian could have a demon or not. Here's why it's such a radical debate because the church does not realize that yes, Christians can have demons because they're working in the soulish realm, not the realm of your spirit. So I don't even have to tell you all the instances of the people in the Bible having demons that were Christians. I don't have to tell you about Judas or Peter or King Saul. I don't have to tell you about Ananias or Sapphira. I don't have to tell you that Jesus's first deliverance was done in the synagogue and the Bible says he went from synagogue to synagogue casting out demons I don't have to go on and try to give you all these reasons all I have to tell you welcome Jay you're new and come on guys everybody share this all I have to tell you is that demons work in the realm of the soul and the soul is not saved come on help me somebody the soulish realm is being redeemed the fact that you're able to have a dirty thought is proof that your soul is not perfect if your soul was perfect you would not be able to have a dirty thought if your soul was perfect you'd always be able to do everything that you wanted to do without having a hindrance so understand in first thessalonians 5 23 i hope you're taking notes paul tells the church in thessalonica you have three parts he says this and the peace of god and the god of peace himself sanctify you holy this is what paul says and may your spirit your soul and body be preserved completely without blame at the coming of our lord jesus christ paul identifies that we are spirit soul and body that there is three parts and in the soul is the mind the will and emotion so what you need to understand that in the spirit realm we contact God our spirit is able to contact God we worship God in the spirit realm we pray in the spirit realm understand that in the spirit realm our spirit the Holy Spirit the perfect spirit on the inside of us engages with God in the supernatural realm this is how we encounter God is in the spirit realm some of you have been trying to do it in the natural and I'm telling you right now God is trying to tell you you don't do this in the natural stop striving to pray in the natural stop striving to worship in the natural stop striving to live that's first Thessalonians 5 23 you have to begin to do it in the spirit realm that's why in John 4 24 the Bible says that God is spirit and those that worship him must worship in spirit and in truth so you can't worship God naturally you must worship in in spirit and in truthfulness because God is spirit understand that first Corinthians 2 14 Paul tells us that the natural man and that translation could be the soulish man does not re receive the things of the spirit of God for they are foolishness unto him neither can he know them because these things are spiritually discerned Paul comes to the church of Corinth and I'm laying the foundation here and Paul says the soulish man cannot receive the things of the Spirit of God for they are foolish to him tonight what I'm telling you about when I go into these spirits it's going to be foolish to you because you're trying to perceive it from the soulish realm Paul says these things are spiritually discerned you have to have discernment in the spiritual realm we have to get 
get breakthrough in the spiritual realm. Tonight, we're not trying to change your actions. We're trying to change those demonic powers, get them out of you that are causing the actions. See, the reason why you're giving into those temptations, the reason why you're struggling so hard wrestling with pornography, wrestling with adultery, wrestling with drug addiction, wrestling with all these things is because you're allowing your soulish realm to run you instead of allowing your spirit man to run you. And you have to remember that before we got saved, we were led by our soul and not by our spirit. We made decisions based out of the soul. Come on, some of you need to think about your ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend, and you know all day long that was a soulish decision to get with them. We did things based on what our soul wanted to do. Some of you remember when you were craving alcohol, you just drank, you didn't even think about it. There was no conviction in you, there was no question you just went and you drank because your soul wanted you to drink you went places that your soul wanted you to go some of you can remember being at the bar and being at the strip club and being at that house party and you weren't convicted at all because your spirit was not made perfect you were not born again and you were led by your soul and your soul was okay with you being at that party your soul did not mind because your soul was not redeemed you continued to give into the desires of your soul but now you have to understand that because you are a believer you are no longer governed or controlled by the soulish realm which is where demons live come on somebody but you are now led by the spirit which has been made perfect in Christ so so many times you have to understand there are still demons from your past that are in the soulish realm fighting for you to get fighting to get you to listen to them so that you won't listen to God is this making sense come on give me a one in the chat so your soulish realm is constantly trying to talk to you where the demons dwell and then the spirit man which is where the Holy Spirit lives is constantly fighting trying to get you to follow his voice and the more you listen to your soulish realm you open up doors that is why listen to me right now it is insane to say that a Christian can't have a demon. That's impossible to say because all you're saying is, well, just go to church one day, get filled with the Holy Spirit, and you can live however you want, and you're not subject to demons. Wrong. If right now I went out and did something crazy, and I'm not even going to make up an example because I just don't want to. I went right now and did something crazy, something super sinful. I, as a preacher, as a man of God, opened up the door in the soulish realm, opened up the door for demonic powers to come and to influence influence me. That is my choice to open up that door. So not only is it, yes, getting delivered, but it's living a lifestyle that is keeping demons out of your life. It's living a lifestyle where the doors are closed and where you're able to live your life and say, you know what? I'm not going to be controlled by the soul. I'm going to be controlled by the spirit. Understand that demons are invisible and they live in a realm you can't see with your eyes. Demons do not live in the visible realm. Demons do not live in the natural realm. They live in the invisible realm. This is the reason why so many pastors will not deal with them today is because so many churches and so many pastors only deal with the natural and demons for the most part cannot be seen in the natural realm. I mean, if you look at what's being taught in the church today, it's all speaking to the natural realm. It's all speaking to the soulish realm. And Paul said, you got to stop preaching about the soul and stop preaching about the natural 
spiritual realm because you are no longer civilians. We are soldiers. In fact, if you don't know this and you say, I'm not really into all that spiritual warfare stuff, you need to go read your Bible because the Bible says that you are a warrior, that you are a soldier in the army of God. You're not some weak Christian that just goes to church every Sunday. You are a soldier in God's almighty God's army and it's time for you to pick up your gun, pick up your sword, pick up your shield, pick up your weapon and begin to fight the battle. Too many churches are catering to civilians and telling soldiers, don't worry. Come on, share this. Everybody hit share right now and telling soldiers, don't worry about the war. Just have a nice family get a good job, give your 10% and stay quiet and don't ask questions about the spiritual realm. Don't try to deliver people. Don't have prayer in your home. Don't lay hands on the sick. Just be a sheep and follow what everybody else is doing. But understand you got to realize that we're fighting a supernatural battle and the Bible says we cannot get entangled or ensnared with what the civilians do. In fact, I'm reading all these posts of Christians trying to fight the government right now. I'm reading all of these posts of Christians saying, oh, they're infringing on our amendment rights. And I want to speak to this here for a moment. You are not a citizen of America. Let me change my camera angle so I can look right at you and make you more nervous than you already are. You are not a citizen of America. You are a citizen of the kingdom of almighty God. You have been anointed. You've been called by God. You forget about all this. Oh, my amendment rights, my amendment, this. You live by the law of the kingdom, not by the laws of America. And the Bible does not tell us to fight the government. The Bible tells us to fight the demonic realm. In fact, remember when Jesus rode in on a donkey on the day that the priests were supposed to bring in the lamb and he rides in on a donkey. And what did they say? They said, Hosanna, 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 which means political savior. They wanted Jesus to save them politically. And Jesus said, I didn't come to save you from the government government of Rome. I came to save you in the spiritual realm. I didn't come to destroy Herod or destroy Rome. I came to destroy the works of darkness. And the Bible says Jesus sat up and Jesus wept because he recognized that they didn't recognize who he really was, that he was not a political savior. He was a spiritual savior. This is why you have to understand that every disciple died at the hands of persecution. Jesus says they're going to murder you. They're going to martyr you and they're going to kill you. He said, but don't even fight back because I'm not here to save you naturally. I'm here to save you spiritually. So all of you Christians need to stop trying to fight the government and understand that corrupt government is a manifestation of demonic powers. And the real issue is in the spirit realm. It's not going to help. I know I'm making a lot of you mad. It's all right. Stay with me. We're going to talk about demon groups here in a second. It's not going to help you by posting constantly on Facebook about your amendment right. It's only going to help when you get in the place of prayer. And I'm telling you, it's time to run to his book before you run to Facebook. It's time to realize that our battle is in the supernatural realm. Stop believing all these conspiracies and dreams and visions that every prophet is having and say, Lord, I need to pray and I need to bring this thing down in the natural. Some of you say, Isaiah, why? 
haven't you posted about Gavin Newsom? Huh? Why haven't you posted about the government and how they're trying to shut the church down? Huh? Because I understand that my battle is not in a man. Huh? My battle is wrestling demonic powers. Huh? And I don't have time to fight battles in the natural huh? when God has anointed me to fight battles in the supernatural. Huh? Some of you, let me tell you why some of you are tired and weary and you're depressed and you're full of uh, anger and there's no joy in your life uh, because you're always trying to fight battles God did not authorize you to fight. God did not authorize you to fight political powers in the natural realm. He authorized you to fight spiritual powers that are that are um, controlling and demonizing people. And it's time for the church to rise up. It's time for the pastors of America to take the same passion they have fighting the government and to begin to fight the government of darkness. It's time to take our energy and our passion to fight the enemy. I wonder if pastors got more mad about the fact their congregations are full of demons, then they got mad that they're not allowed to have their hour service once a week. I'm going, when are we going to get mad about what the devil's doing in the church instead of always being mad about what the government's doing in the church? Last time I read, Jesus said, go where the people are. And he said, and if they persecute you, then go find somewhere else to preach. And if I'm living in a hotbed of COVID and the government says you can't have service right now, then guess what? I'm going to go somewhere else where the people are. And that is social media. I'm not going to whine. I'm not going to murmur. I'm not going to complain. I'm going to say, Lord, I know you're doing something right now in these times. So I want you to understand that this is a supernatural battle that we are fighting, that we are going after things in the supernatural realm. And I want to tell some of you, don't let the fact that deliverance takes an extended period of time stop you from delivering people. Many people say, well, Isaiah, Jesus did deliverance fast. And so if it's taking you a long time, it must not be God. And my answer to you is that you are not Jesus. How many know that everybody that Jesus prayed for got healed? Yet I'm not going to sit there and say, well, I'm not going to pray for the sick because everybody doesn't get healed. It may be argued, and listen, I believe rightfully so, that the New Testament evidence is that Jesus delivered demon spirits with greater authority than we're seeing today. Absolutely, Jesus did deliverance with a higher level of authority than we have, but I'm not going to shrink back away from deliverance ministry because I'm not able to do it perfectly and wait until I'm able to do it exactly how Jesus did it. This is like the person who says, well, I don't know how to swim. So until I'm not going to enter the water until I could swim as good as an Olympic swimmer. How many know you're never going to swim as good as an Olympic swimmer? You just have to jump in the water and just start paddling and learn how to do deliverance. I've seen a massive, massive mistake in the church when it comes to deliverance. And this is the this is the problem. When results are not immediate, some of us say, well, we need to have more faith or you've already been delivered because of your faith. In other words, we tell demons to come out of a person at an altar and the person maybe growls a little bit or maybe shouts a little bit. And then this is what we say. Well, brother, by faith, I believe you're delivered. But understand presumption is not faith. Let me say that again. Presumption is not faith to go up to somebody and lay hands on them for four minutes and say demons come out and they growl one time and then say oh well guess what you've already been delivered you're already set free is presumptuous not faith when the person is not delivered according to our so-called faith then it should be admitted that we're doing something wrong people are told every Sunday morning that they're delivered but nothing changes in their life and we need to stop giving people a false assurance of deliverance and say we're 
actually going to fight this thing and battle this thing until it comes out of you? Is it possible that deliverance ministers weren't being honest? Is it possible that they didn't want to spend the time that it took to be successful? Is it possible they're seeking shortcuts? Listen, I'll be the first to say I've been in deliverances for six hours straight and at the end of it, I'm exhausted. My voice is gone. My body is tired and I could easily say, well, I think you're delivered. Have a great day, but I'm not going to let presumption outweigh faith. I'm going to make sure they're actually delivered. So here's my word to you. Stop telling people they're delivered when they're not delivered because what happens is they have the same symptoms and we keep telling them, well, you just need to have more faith, but they realize that there's something in them that need to be cast out of them. Pastors, the worst thing we can do is tell people that aren't delivered that they are delivered. One of the most blasphemous things pastors do is when they stand up and say, oh, believers can't have demons. And then meanwhile, they have a church of a thousand members where six to 800 of them are demonized. And now because the pastor just said, you can't have demons, we have all these issues of thoughts of sexual addiction. And we have all these desires and anger and all this stuff going on on the inside of us that's demonic in the soulish realm, as we talked about earlier. But because the pastor said it's not possible, we spend the rest of our lives wrestling with demons and people say, oh, and thinking that there's nothing there and never getting freedom. You cannot deal with an issue that has not been diagnosed. We must diagnose the issue. We must see what's there. And then when we know it's there, cast it out. If you've ever cast demons out and you know demons are crafty, I'm going to name probably... Uh, I'm probably going to name 150 different demons tonight and I'm, I'm going to break down about 10 of them but I'm telling you demons are extremely crafty they know how to draw time out they know how to distract you they know how to elude you they know how to hide from you understand that when you go into deliverance many times the person has had the demon for 20 to 30 years that's the average length I see people have demons when I'm doing deliverance it's not like they just got the demon last week and so the demon's been there for years it knows the person better than you and it knows how to hide from you remember demons know the bible demons fear god demons tremble so understand that the demons are crafty and demons oftentimes are identified by their nature for instance hate anger abuse these are all the nature of the demon a demon of hate cannot cause lust in your life just like a demon of lust cannot cause hate in your life and so when we begin to cast out demons or we talk about groupings of demons or we speak about demons oftentimes the demons will say their function now sometimes demons will give personal names like they'll say sherry or tom or laura they actually have a uh, actual name like a person's name but oftentimes when you're casting demons out demons are only going to give you their function so if they say if you say what's your name and it says hate that's the function of the demon the demon is causing hate in the person's life sometimes they'll give you foreign names or names in other languages that you don't understand but you need to understand that demons often will reveal their nature and it's important if you cannot get a specific demon to leave a person it's very important that you find out its name or its nature now let me say you can do deliverances without finding out the name but there are some times where demons won't leave and so you have to find out 
the name or the nature of the demon. It's like a dog. You have authority over a dog when you call it by its name. A dog will not listen to you. A dog will not answer you. A dog will not respond to you. But the moment you know the dog's name, it gives you a level of authority over that dog that you didn't have before. So knowing the demon's name is essential. I'm going to give you scripture and tell you how Jesus did this. Okay, you have to understand that. In fact, Jesus told the demon to leave and the demon started talking and the demon revealed its name. Some of you say, well, Jesus said demons go and they left wrong. Jesus told the demon and the man at the tombs to leave and the demon began to talk and the demon said, my name is Legion. Now, whether the man had two to 6,000 demons is debatable or whether the spirit's name was Legion. I've actually encountered the spirit of Legion. I was doing deliverance on a teenage boy or I should say a teenage man, I guess you'd say. I think it was about 18 or 19 and that demon of Legion came speaking out of it and said, I am Legion and I'm the prince demon in this kingdom. And I'm going to explain how that works here in a minute. And that demon was causing that boy to cut himself. Now, remember in the Bible, the man at the tombs was cutting himself. He was breaking chains, which shows us demons have what we call demon strength. They're able to actually tap in and increase the strength of a man. I've seen young girls toss grown men. It's because there is a such thing as demon strength. And we find this in the man that was at the tombs. He was breaking actual chains in his de- with his demon strength. He was not just breaking chains. He was cutting himself. He was a spirit of suicide. Legion will cause you to want to kill yourself. Now, there are some demons... I'm not going to go into much depth here that I would call higher level demons or master demons. And the reason why I say this is Jesus said that when a demon goes out, I'm going to give you scripture for this, that he goes and finds seven of his friends. Stay with me because this is good stuff that are more wicked than himself. And he comes back to see that the house is swept in order. So Jesus says he finds demons more wicked than himself. So Jesus is alluding to the fact that there's higher ranking demons that are more wicked than other demons. So So for instance, when I've encountered the spirit of Legion, that is a higher ranking demon that has multiple functions. So some demons have singular functions and some demons have multiple functions. So Legion would function as cutting, cutting Legion would function as depression. Legion would function as suicide. Legion would function as, um, anger because the man had anger so all these these functions were under that one demon but they weren't separate spirits now there's some lower ranking spirits like anger like hatred like uh suicide that are singular spirits they have one function and that is their only function is to do these things now legion was what i would call a higher level or a master level spirit just like jezebel i'm not going to go into jezebel and some of you are going to start manifesting when i talk about jezebel jezebel is a higher level spirit She works in many different ways. She works in control. She works in manipulation. She works in wanting to be the center of attention. She works in wanting to make sure everything goes her way. She works in the area of sexual sin. That's a master spirit or a higher ranking spirit. Now, when people have these spirits, these spirits can function on their own in many different ways. If you're wondering where are you getting this information, I'm getting this information from doing hundreds of deliverances, okay? So these, yes, Delilah also, these are higher level spirits that are able to function in a higher way or have more power and are able to function different ways. Okay. 
So you have to understand that Jesus oftentimes would rebuke the demons by their name. Jesus told one spirit, deaf and dumb spirit, come out of the man. So is it biblical to call demons out by name? Yes, Jesus did it. He called the deaf and dumb spirit out by name. Understand that some of you might say, well, where's this or where's that in the Bible? There are many things that Jesus did in the Bible that are not in, that Jesus did that are not in the Bible. And John makes this very clear at the end of John, he says, if everything was written down, it would fill the entire world. Okay. So there's many things Jesus did that are not in the scripture. So when it comes to deliverance, a lot of stuff that we don't find in scripture is okay. As long as it lines up with the scripture, understand that a lot of things that we do in the church are not in the Bible, but they line up with scripture. Let me give you some examples. There's no pastors in the book of Acts. In fact, I don't know if you know this, but there's not one pastor in the New Testament that is over a local congregation, yet every church on every corner has a pastor. Is that right? But it's nowhere in the New Testament, okay? There's only one evangelist in all of the New Testament, and what he did was he cast out demons and healed the sick, and now we have a bunch of evangelists that don't do either and call themselves evangelists. There's no youth pastors in the book of Acts. There's no church buildings. The disciples were not building massive buildings in the New Testament, yet are church buildings okay? Yes, they are, but they're not in the Bible. So you have to stay with me and understand this. They didn't have music in the New Testament before they had preaching. So they didn't have an hour of worship and then 40 minute preaching in the New Testament. Yes, yet it's okay to do those things. So just because we don't find things explicitly in scripture, it doesn't mean that we don't talk about it or we don't preach on it because you have to understand that we need to expose the works of the darkness. And the thing about demons you need to understand tonight, as demons are seldom found by themselves, they're usually grouped together in what I call kingdoms or what I call groups. So when you detect or you discern that there's one demon, you should immediately be looking for its companions. Many times when you're doing deliverance, demons will actually try to trick you and try to make you think that there's only one, yet I have never, in all my years, I've been doing deliverance for 10 years now, and I have never done a deliverance where there was only one demon. I'm going to explain this here in a minute. Demons oftentimes are going to group up and going to work together. I had John Ramirez, who is an ex-Satanic high priest on the podcast. And if you guys were here, what did he say? He said that they mimic everything that we do. So whatever the church does, he said that they would mimic. So anything that you see the kingdom of God doing, know that the kingdom of darkness is also doing. When you see the kingdom of God working together, then what should you assume? You should assume that the kingdom of darkness is working together. If you see that the angels work together, then you should know that the demons work together. If the Bible says all you need is a little bit uh, um, is a little bit of leaven to, to ruin the whole loaf, then know that the same function works in the kingdom of darkness. The devil is always trying to pervert and he's always trying to manipulate. So understand that certain spirits, I'm trying not to go too fast here. I get really excited. I talk fast. I'm trying to slow down just a tiny bit so you can stay with me. But certain spirits are found over and over and over in the same combination. Okay, let me say that again. Certain spirits are found over and over and over in the same combination. However, you should never assume that the combination or the kingdom will always be the same. The possibility for groupings of demons are unlimited. So there's unlimited possibilities when you talk about demons working together or demons grouping together or kingdoms being inside of a person. Was Legion had a whole bunch of demons? Yes, scholars say three to 6,000 demons. And the way that we know this is because when the pigs were there, 
Scholars say that there was 3,000 to 5,000 pigs in a herd. And when Jesus cast the demon out of the man, all the pigs ran off the cliff. So that means there was at least two to 4,000 demons in the man. So we absolutely know that demons work together in groups. They work in combination. They work in unison and they work as kingdoms. And we can also talk about the book of Ephesians, which I've already done an exhaustive teaching on about powers, principalities, rulers of darkness and hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. These are all rankings of demons. Principality comes from the word which is what we use the word archbishop, which is somebody that presides over churches. And that same word is used for principalities or demons over regions or princes over regions. So you have to understand demons work together and function. Um, oftentimes during uh, ministry time or when you're doing deliverance, the ruling spirit or the prince spirit or the what Jesus calls the strong man will be specifically identified. Now, it's not always necessary to identify the ruling spirit to be effective, but you have to understand that there's two main reasons why we should identify the uh, what we're trying to do or the prince demon. Number one is the Holy Spirit might be directing you to do the deliverance in a certain way, and you'll want to be alert and be ready for whatever battle plan the Holy Spirit has. There's situations where God will direct you to deal with the ruling spirit or the prince spirit first, and then later deal with all of his lower ranking demons or companions or the Holy Spirit will have you deal with the lesser spirits and then you could deal with the ruling spirit last. So for example, many times when I'm doing deliverances, I'll either deal with the ruling spirit, the chief spirit first, and then all the other smaller spirits begin to scatter and begin to get cast out. Or the Holy Spirit says you need to begin to work on the lower ranking spirits. And then at the very end, we could call it the final battle. I'm dealing with the higher ranking spirit or the chief demon in the person. And many times the demon will actually tell you I'm the one in charge or the lower ranking spirits will tell you so-and-so's in charge, Jezebel's in charge, and they'll actually tell on the other spirits that are in the kingdom. Now, I know a lot of this is overwhelming for some of you. I know a lot of this is a lot for some of you, but you have to understand there's multiple ways. When I go into deliverance, number one, there is no deliverance the same. Every deliverance, I've been in hundreds of deliverances. Every deliverance is different. Number two, I'm always asking the Holy Spirit, what is the battle plan? I'm a soldier and he's the commanding officer and I don't question what he tells me to do. I have to just do exactly what the Holy Spirit says because I'm just a soldier. I'm not the commanding officer. The Holy Spirit is the commanding officer. So when you go into deliverance, know that the Holy Spirit is in charge and do whatever he wants you to do. So understand that when you begin to struggle with things, when you begin to um, battle in deliverance, it's oftentimes best to try to deal with the lower ranking spirits. If you can't get that high ranking spirit to leave, begin to work on the low ranking spirits. And oftentimes they'll actually give you intel into why that major stronghold is still there. Now I'm convinced you don't have to believe me on this, but I'm convinced that many times when a demon comes in a person, the demon or the high ranking spirit comes in first and brings other demons with him. So here's what, let me break this down. Isaiah, is it possible to have five different demons when I only committed one sin? Yes. Is it possible to have the spirit of lust when I've never watched pornography or done something sexually lustful? Yes. Is it possible to have the spirit of suicide when I've never even had a suicidal thought? Yes. And I'm going to tell you why. Oftentimes when high ranking spirits come into you, which I believe they're usually the first ones to come, they bring low ranking spirits with them. Isaiah, can you prove this? I would love to. Let me take you back to what Jesus said. When a demon comes out he goes and gets how many friends come on type it in the chat 
seven friends that are more wicked than himself and he comes back into the person who does he come back with he comes back with the seven of his friends so that means one demon went and got seven friends and all eight of them entered the person through one door so the demons didn't need seven doors to get in they only need come on guys this is revelation here they only needed one door for all eight demons to be able to come in so demons are able to bring other demons with them when you open a door to one demon you often open a door to other demons so you have to understand that demons are working together and some spirits are actually more wicked than other spirits one of the most evil spirits the most powerful spirits I've ever dealt with was the spirit of destruction now when I dealt with the spirit of destruction there was about 15 other demons that were under the spirit of destruction and until I dealt with all those other demons cast them out individually I was not able to deal with the demon of destruction so oftentimes you're gonna have to deal with the low-ranking now sometimes you can go in and bind the strong man and you can go in and bind that high-ranking demon and all the demons will be able to come out with him but that's not every single time so like I said in the beginning every single deliverance is different but you have to know that demons work in groups this is literally the best revelation you're ever gonna get in deliverance is that demons work together in groups if you realize this it will be harder for them to trick you now sometimes demon groups are disunified in a person so I've dealt with people that have three kingdoms or groups this is all synonymous terms on um, four kingdoms five kingdoms ten kingdoms and the different groups of demons were fighting each other in the person so imagine the type of conflict the person was going through when you have destruction and all of its demons that were at odds with another kingdom in the person all of them trying to control different parts of the life trying to destroy the person's life complete chaos the demons are there grouping up to destroy certain areas of your life now oftentimes you're going to find a group in a certain area whether that's in the mind sometimes the groups will be on the health sometimes the groups will be on the mental stability of your life sometimes the groups will be on the emotional part of your life so the demons work together in groups and those demons that are working in groups are working on a specific area so one thing that you need to know and I know I'm giving you a lot of information fast I'm gonna give you a whole bunch more so just get ready here but you have to understand that demons are working on a specific group of your life or I'm sorry the groups are working on a specific area of your life so they're trying to control this area whether it's what you say there'll be an entire group are you guys getting this come on type one if you're getting this there'll be an entire group that is working on your what you say there's another group that is working on your mental health there's another group that is working in sickness so all of a sudden you have now cancer then under that there's high blood pressure there's diabetes there's nerve damage there's all these other demons under cancer they're all working on specific areas usually when groups are together they're not going to be working on different areas they're all working together and this is going to help you now I'm going to give you names of like a hundred plus demons okay and groups and how they work together you don't need to write all these down you can go later and watch this back I'm, there's way too much to cover this is exhaustive and literally there's thousands there's one guy who wrote a 10,000 demon encyclopedia there's thousands and thousands and thousands the Bible talks about how there's millions of angels around the throne and if one-third of all the angels got cast down there's literally millions upon millions of different demons millions upon millions of demons and so I can't name every single one I'm going to give you common groupings 
common names and common groupings. And I'm going to start by telling you the chief demon, and then I'm going to name the lower ranking demons that are usually working with the chief. And then I'm going to break down some specific, very, 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 very common spirits. And then we're going to do a prayer of mass deliverance. And we're already 45 minutes in and we're barely getting into these groups. Okay. So just listen to what I'm telling you. And then, th then this might help you when one day you're doing deliverance and all of a sudden you say, Oh, I, wait a minute. Isaiah talked about that group. And then you begin to identify, Oh, under bitterness, there might be this, 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 and this, this is going to help you when you are doing deliverance to understand the different groups and the different rankings. Okay. So number one is, and I'm going to go very, very quick on these groups. There's many different groups. Um, uh, Bill, oh my gosh, Don Dickerman has a huge listing of groups. Uh, Frank Hammond has a huge listing of groups. Derek Prince. There's a lot of places you can go with a lot of great groups. So let me just give you a bunch of these groups that I, that I have here written down. And then you can go and there's plenty of places that you can find more groups and find all this stuff. Okay. So bitterness would be the chief. And then under bitterness would be resentment. These are all spirits and functions. Hatred, unforgiveness forgiveness, violence, temper, anger, retaliation, and murder. These are all functioning under bitterness. So the chief demon next is rebellion. Under rebellion would be self-will, the spirit of stubbornness, disobedience, anti-submissiveness, um, the prince demon of strife. And then under strife would be contention, bickering, argument, quarreling, fighting. These are all spirits. The chief spirit of control. Then under the spirit of control would be possessiveness. You see how those work together. Here you have the chief demon of control and then under him you have possessiveness, dominance, and witchcraft. Now witchcraft works under the spirit of control because witchcraft works to control people. And we're going to talk about that later. So retaliation, under retaliation, you have destruction, you have spite, you have hatred, you have hurt, you have cruelty. These are all working under the spirit of retaliation. Accusation, under that you have judging, criticism, fault finding. So that's the chief of accusation. And then the low ranking demons are judging, criticism, fault finding. Rejection, that's a major chief demon. Under him would be the fear of rejection, self-rejection, and different types of rejection. Insecurity, that would be the chief demon. Under that demon would be inferiority, self-pity. Loneliness is under the chief of insecurity. Timidity, shyness, inadequacy, ineptness. These are all under the spirit of insecurity. So you might say, I'm dealing with insecurities. That's a major issue in my life. But as I'm reading this, you're realizing, wait a minute, under that, there's a spirit of self-pity. There's a spirit of loneliness. There's a spirit of timidity. There's a spirit of shyness. There's a spirit of inadequacy. These are all spirits, functions that are working together under insecurity, okay? Let me give you more. Jealousy, the chief demon. Under jealousy would be envy, suspicion, distrust, selfishness. Chief demon, withdrawal. Under that is daydreaming, fantasy, pretension, unreality. That's withdrawing from reality. I've dealt with the spirit of withdrawal many times. And people that have that spirit literally tell me, I get caught some days dream daydreaming for 30 minutes to an hour. They don't even know why. They're literally sitting there daydreaming. And that's literally a spirit that works with the spirit of withdrawal. It's withdrawing you from the natural realm. I'm just going to note on some of these demons as I go. And then I'll break a couple of them down before we pray. The demon of escape is the chief demon. Under escape is indifference, passivity, sleepiness, alcohol, drugs. Once again, the chief demon is escape. And these are all things working under the spirit. And listen, if you say I need deliverance, that's a good thing. Knowing that you need deliverance, recognizing is a good thing. It's better to say I need deliverance and get prayer and not need deliverance than say I don't need deliverance and having demons your entire life. Okay. 
Um, so that that's escape. Passi- passivity is indifference, lethargy. That's all working with that passive spirit. Okay, the chief demon of depression. Depression is a chief demon. We're going to talk about it later. Under that de- chief demon, you have despair. These are all demons, okay? Despondency, discouragement is a major open door to the spirit of depression. Defeatism, dejection, hopelessness, suicide, death, insomnia, um, then you have the chief demon of heaviness. Under that, you have gloom and burden and disgust and all these things that come with heaviness. Chief demon of worry, and he controls anxiety, fear, dread, apprehension. Chief demon of nervousness. Under that would be tension, headaches, nervousness, um, habits, restlessness, insomnia, um, excitement. These are all under nervousness. Okay, mental ear- illness is a major chief demon major chief demon mental illness and under that you could have schizophrenia you could have um retardation you could have madness insanity these are things that are not always demonic but 100 can be demonic mental illness oftentimes is demonic okay so they say oh you just need this pill it's a demon you're working with you don't need a pill you need to get deliverance some of them are yes mental illness sometimes it's a chemical imbalance you're born a certain way but understand that jesus could deliver and he could heal you okay so mental illness is a major chief demon another major chief demon is paranoia paranoia under that would be jealousy envy suspicion distrust persecution fears confrontation this is all under paranoia um confusion under now I'm going to talk later about the spirit of confusion. Confusion is a the most common spirit I've ever dealt with. If I said name one spirit out of the out of the hundreds or the maybe thousands I've dealt with, confusion is the number one most common demon. In fact, I'm going to go as far to say this: I have never done a deliverance where they didn't have confusion. Never. That's just me personally. Every deliverance I've ever done, the spirit of confusion was there working, and I'm going to show you why. It's very easy to open the door to the spirit of confusion. Now, remember, you can get spirits by opening specific doors, but you can also get spirits when they bring spirits with them. But oftentimes, these ones I'm naming that are chief demons, these come in because you opened a door. So let me give you an example. Confusion, which is a chief demon, would come in because I opened up a door, and it brought frustration with it. It brought forgetfulness with it. It brought loss of time with it are you guys getting this i know it's complicated guys but i'm trying to make it simple for you those would all come with confusion okay spirit of doubt is a chief demon under doubt would be the spirit of unbelief and skepticism indecisions a chief demon um under that now okay listen i know we all have this demon right here for real though procrastination i've met the spirit of procrastination on several occasions um compromise confusion forgetfulness and indifference these all work with indecision self-deception is a chief demon under that would be self-delusion self-seduction and pride um mind bending which is confusion and the fear of man the fear of failure and the occult spirits so those would work with that mind bending spirit um fears and this now fears could go into all kinds of fears i'm not going to name all of them because there's literally a thousand things fears is a chief demon and it works with phobias hysteria and all panic all types of other spirits okay um spirit of pride is a very 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 strong chief spirit and under pride would be ego vanity haughtiness importance and arrogance pride tells me i'm more important than everybody else pride tells me i don't need god spirit of pride is a strong spirit the spirit of covetousness this is stealing i had a person that we dealt with the spirit with and they were always stealing stuff for no reason stealing dumb stuff they will go to your house and they'll take something for no reason that's the covetous spirit um the klepto mania spirit the material spirit lust greed discontent they all work together with covet covetousness okay they all work together 
Perfection is a spirit. I'm going to talk about that later. Perfection's a spirit. I dealt with someone recently with the spirit of perfection. Under that is pride, vanity, ego, frustration, criticism, irritability, intolerance, and anger. Those all work with the spirit of perfection. I got like 50 groups here, so I'm, I'm trying to go quick, okay? Impatience is a chief demon. Under that is agitation, frustration, intolerance, resentment, and criticism. False burden is a chief spirit with false responsibility, false false compassion. Um, the spirit of grief is a chief demon. Under that is sorrow and heartache and heartbreak, crying, sadness, cruelty. These are all with that spirit of grief. They all have those spirits under them. The spirit of fatigue is a very common demon. It's a chief spirit. Oftentimes it runs the group under its, under its command is usually tiredness, weariness, and laziness. Okay. The three nisses. Okay. Tiredness, weariness, and laziness. So guys, why am I reading these? I'm telling you why I'm reading this because when you're dealing with, for instance, you're in deliverance and all of a sudden a spirit of laziness shows up, there, it might be possible that it's being commanded by the spirit of fatigue. So instead of letting that demon hide, you're able to call that demon out. You're able to deal with that demon, okay? Infirmity. Now, the spirit of infirmity is 100% a chief demon, but understand infirmity could have any sickness under it. Let me say that again. Any sickness or any disease that is known to man could be a spirit not that every sickness is demonic but every sickness can be demonic so there is no limit to what a demon of sickness can be or can do so there's every sickness you know of could be a demon also that's the spirit of infirmity jesus rebuked the spirit of infirmity he rebuked the deaf and dumb spirit he rebuked the mute spirit many spirits the bible says they brought the sick to him and he cast demons out and healed those that were sick so understand when they brought the sick to jesus he cast demons out of them that's what your bible says so it's possible to have the spirit of infirmity and it be demonic the sickness be demonic okay death is a chief spirit i don't have to go into detail on that um cursing is a chief spirit under cursing that's the chief spirit would be the spirit of blasphemy coarse jokes gossip criticism backbiting mockery belittling and all these different things that are working with cursing verbal cursing okay they're working on the area of what you say addictive and compulsive spirit that could be like nicotine alcohol drugs medications caffeine gluttony these are all addiction and compulsive spirits um the spirit of gluttony is is a major chief spirit under that would be nervousness compulsive eating resentment frustration idleness self-pity self-reward these are all working with gluttony okay come on guys is this good let me know if this is good self-accusation as a chief demon under that is self-hatred self-condemnation constantly accusing oneself um guilt is a chief demon we're almost done here with the with the groups so i'm going to talk about a couple spirits and we're going to do the prayer guilt is a major one under the chief of guilt would be condemnation shame unworthiness and embarrassment these are all under the chief demon of guilt okay the chief demon of sexual impurity under that would be lust fantasy masturbation homosexuality lesbianism adultery fornication incest rape now here's what i want to say about sexual sin i've had many men and women in deliverance come and say i don't know why but i've been having sexual desires towards the same sex and they don't understand that when you're watching pornography i'm going to keep this as as kid friendly as i possibly can 
when you're watching pornography you're opening up the door to the spirit of perversion and sexual impurity so if you open up that door it brings other spirits with it in other words if i'm watching pornography i might not be homosexual but when that spirit comes into me it could bring the spirit of homosexuality with it is that making sense let me get a one it could bring the spirit of homosexuality it could bring the spirit of masturbation it could bring the spirit of fantasy i had one person one of the last deliverances I did before COVID broke out, they had the spirit of masturbation and they literally were like, I never masturbate. I never dealt with this, but that spirit was working in the group of sexual impurity. So it was working together with these other spirits and they had not felt, you know, desires, but that spirit was there working behind the scenes with these other spirits. Okay. Cults, cults spirit that C U L T S. This is like Jehovah witness, Christian science. Mormonism is a spirit. You, Unitarianism, um, lodges, like you see the lodges and the societies and social agencies that use the Bible. These are all cult spirits, okay? Then there's not just cult spirits, but there's occult spirits. That's with an O in front of it, occult spirits. Um, Ouija boards, palmistry, handwriting analysis, automatic handwriting, ESP, hypnotism is 100% an occult spirit horoscope astrology um levitation fortune telling water witching tarot cards pendulum some of you like i have no clue what that is praise the lord okay praise the lord if you don't know what water witching is that's a good thing okay pendulums witchcraft black magic white magic um conjuring up spells incantations charms fetishes these are all occult spirits okay when you deal with these spirits, know that they're working under the master spirit of the occult. Oftentimes, you're going to find the occult spirit there with them. The religious spirit. Oh, come on, somebody. We're almost done. Someone's about to start manifesting here. The religious spirit is a demon 100%. I've met him on too many occasions. The religious spirit. Under that spirit is ritualism, formalism, doctrinal obsession. Come on, somebody help me preach. Seduction, doctrinal error. The fear of God in a wrong way. The fear of hell in a wrong way. The fear of losing your salvation and religio- and then religiosity, okay? These are all working. The spirit of ritualism and formalism work with the spirit of religion, okay? Spiritism. There's many books, Christian books on spiritism. This is um, spirit guides, necromancy, spirit husbands, spirit wives, succubus and incubus which are male and female counterparts for literally a sexual demon that sleeps with people at night lays on people and has sex with people that's the spirit of succubus and incubus those are counterparts for female male those work under spiritism okay false religion spirit this is buddhism taoism hinduism islam shintoism confucianism all these things are false religion spirits now as i said the spirit of confusion is a major spirit and one of the most common demons we're gonna get into mass deliverance here in just a minute one of the most common demons i've come across and usually the spirit of confusion comes with a loss of sense of time a cloudiness um if you have the spirit of confusion you have a hard time making decisions you're never sure about scripture you're never sure about what god is saying you're never sure about what god is doing you're constantly confused about where you are you're confused about what the time of day is. You're confused about, yes, yoga is demonic, 100%. You're confused about where you should go. You're confused about what you should do. You're always second guessing. That is the spirit of confusion. And I'm telling you where the spirit of confusion comes from. Usually, okay, I'm telling you from my experience, uh, like I said, 10 years of doing deliverance, hundreds of demons. I don't have to give you my resume. I'm telling you from experience. 
usually comes from the childhood. It's something you've seen in a parent or something that happened to you sexually or parents abused you when they're supposed to be protecting you. I was dealing with one person in the spirit of confusion and I said, where did you come from? And the demon told me when she was five years old, she was abused and she got confused because she thought that her dad was supposed to be the one protecting her, but instead he's abusing her, okay? Or it came from a divorce. Why is mom and dad divorcing? Is it my fault that they're divorcing? Is divorce normal? That causes children to get the spirit of confusion. This is major in the body of Christ. The spirit of confusion is huge. There's many ways it can come, but I'll tell you one of the most common or the most common spirit I've ever dealt with is confusion. And it oftentimes comes from childhood. Bitterness is a major spirit. Hebrews 12, 15, lest any root of bitterness spring up trouble you, therefore be defiled. The root of bitterness, the Bible says, is responsible for trouble. Bitterness is an open door in the demonic realm, and it's a very common way to bring demonic activity into your life. Yoga is prayer stances to demons. That's in essence what yoga is. I don't have time to go into detail, but yes, yoga is demonic. So bitterness spirits keep Hurtful incidents alive in your life. They keep it fresh in your life. There could be something that happened. Now, come on, I'm going to touch on this 40 years ago, but the spirit of bitterness will make you feel as if it just happened to you. And some of you know, come on, help me, that you have a family member that's been mad at another family member for 30 years. They refuse to forgive. They refuse to lay it down. And it's a spirit of bitterness. And you could go to them and they will literally tell you in detail what that family member did to them. That is the spirit of bitterness and that spirit literally keeps pain alive. It keeps details alive. It keeps hurt alive. And whenever you find bitterness, you're going to find resentment. You're going to find hatred. You're going to find unforgiveness. It literally becomes an open door for demons. Now understand oftentimes demons will open up other doors for other demons. So a demon of bitterness will open the door for resentment. It'll open the door for unforgiveness. It'll cause you in and lead you into other demonic powers. So bitterness is huge. I believe tonight God is going to break bitterness off of you. Okay. Rebellion is huge. And in rebellion in a nutshell is disobedience and disrespect for authority. It comes into you when you disobey authority. Okay. So the way that you get the spirit of rebellion, which is a chief demon is when you rebel against authority. This is God, God establishing and has established authority in our homes and churches and civil government. God himself is our supreme authority. And when you, um, assert your self will above any level of God's authority, you entertain demons of rebellion. So if you try to put your authority above God's authority, if you try to put your authority against the law's authority, if you try to put your authority over against God-ordained authority that God has placed and you don't stay in submission, you open yourself up to the spirit of rebellion. Okay, if it's by law, you pay taxes and you don't pay taxes, you're opening yourself up to a rebellion spirit, okay? If you're always breaking the speed limit, you're opening yourself up to a rebellious spirit spirit because there's a law there and the bible says god has ordained all law god has established all law and so when you're breaking laws you're opening yourself up to a spirit of rebellion now we know and i'm not gonna go into detail because i already did an hour-long teaching on this rebellion is of the sin of witchcraft so when you open up rebellion you bring in witchcraft you bring in anxiety you bring in stress you bring in all of these other demons but understand that when we go against god ordained authority you're opening yourself up to the spirit of rebellion. I'm telling you guys, this is all true stuff. Okay, spirit of control is a chief spirit. Now this could manifest in a parent 
showing unnatural control over a grown child. Their child is a grown adult and they're still trying to control their life. A husband or a wife, okay, some of you are like, I think my husband has this. Some of you are like, I think my wife has this. A husband or a wife domineering over the other person. So you always wanting to control your wife, everything she does, or always trying to control your husband or always trying to control your kids. This is a spirit of control. Um, a pastor being a dictator rather than a shepherd. When your pastor is always dictating, always trying to tell you what to do, control every area of your life and not being a shepherd and guiding you, but trying to control you. That's a spirit of control. Okay. And this could be a member of a prayer group of the worship team, having the spirit of control. These are all different ways. One of the ways that the spirit of control works is through false visions, false revelations, prophecies. God spoke to me. God said this. God said that. These are all methods that the spirit of control uses to try to manipulate you, to control you with evil spirits to do what it wants you to do. So you need to break this and you need to realize God is the one in ultimate control. Get off the throne and let God reign in your life. The spirit often comes on people because when they grow up, they have little control of their life. Many people that have the spirit of control it came because they lived in a life where they didn't have much control. And so now that they have some control, that spirit comes and overwhelms them and they walk in the spirit of control. Um, retaliation. This spirit usually functions through words. When something is done to us, we have this mentality that I'll show them, I'll give it back to them, I'll pay back what they did to me. If they punch me, I'll punch them back. If they cursed at me, I'll curse them back. If they try to destroy my ministry, I'm gonna destroy their ministry. If they talk bad about my behind my back to my boss, I'm gonna talk bad about them to their boss. If they posted an article about me, I'm gonna post something about them. This is all the spirit of retaliation. Jesus said, if, now some of y'all aren't gonna like this, it's okay, but Jesus said, if somebody slaps you in the cheek, then you should turn the other cheek. If somebody tries to sue you, you should give them your coat. Jesus tells us we don't retaliate. Retaliation is a demonic spirit. And if you constantly feel the need to retaliate all the time, you probably have the spirit of retaliation. Okay, we're almost done. I'm just going through a couple common ones. Rejection. Rejection is one of the most frequently spirits and it's open. The door is usually open during childhood and it's a lot of times the spirit of rejection comes while the baby is still in its mother's womb. When the child or the baby is unwanted, the fetus or the baby is opened up for the end, opened up to the spirit of rejection. People don't believe this because here's what they say. A baby can't have a demon because it would not be fair. That is why people don't believe demons, babies could be demonized. Here's what you have to understand. Fair is not in the devil's dictionary. Let me say that one more time. Fair is not in the devil's dictionary. The devil does not know what the word fair means. The word fair does not exist in his vocabulary. We must remember the devil is not a gentleman. He's not regulated by the rules of fair or sportsmanship. He's extremely evil, okay? And he doesn't hesitate to take full advantage of a situation. So if you read Luke chapter one, verse 15, the Bible says that John the Baptist will be full of the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb, okay? Luke 1, 15, for all of you that are like, where's the verse? Luke 1, 15, John the Baptist was full of the Holy Ghost in his mother's womb. So since the Holy Spirit was able to enter John the Baptist before his birth, it's no, undoubtedly, we're able to say a demon spirit could enter before birth. I've had a lot of demons tell me I was there before the person was born. I've been there since the womb. Be very careful if you don't want a baby that you don't speak that over your womb. I just didn't want this kid. 
I don't know why we're having another kid. Why are we having a girl when we wanted a boy? Why are we having a boy when we wanted a girl? They, you don't understand. You're opening yourself up to bringing the spirit of rejection on your child. And you have to understand the presence of this demon is usually the evidence of this is usually the person's inability to receive love or give loves to others. They've been rejected. So they become fearful of bringing people in. They can't have close relationships because they're afraid of experiencing hurt that they experienced before. There is a lot of people that do not know how to be in relationships. They break, they ruin every relationship they're in and they don't know why. It's the spirit of rejection. They are afraid of being rejected. So here's what they do. They break up with the person before the person's able to fully get into their life. They don't know why they do that, but they don't realize they've had a spirit of rejection ever since they were a kid. Okay, so tonight we're breaking the spirit of rejection. Self-rejection is also part of the spirit of rejection. Basically, the person who feels that they is rejected by others must be something wrong with me. And so now I'm going to turn all those thoughts and desires inward and I'm going to begin to hate myself. And that's self-rejection. Self-rejection is when you hate yourself and you reject yourself. Perfection. The spirit of perfection works with the spirit of rejection because it makes the person feel like they have to be perfect to be accepted. I dealt with this spirit several times in people and that spirit of perfection, everything has to be perfect. They're always striving to seek perfection in everything you do to the level it's exhausting and it begins to ruin your life. I'm not talking about wanting to be good at stuff, okay? I try to be good at everything I do. That's my personality. I'm talking about this restlessness that everything has to be perfect. And here's what happens when everything doesn't go your way and it doesn't go perfect. You throw a little baby temper tantrum and you just start taking it out and blaming everybody else on why something didn't go perfect. Whether it's in your church service, whether it's in your live stream, whether it's in your personal life is at your job. If everything doesn't go perfect, you begin to blame everything else. I dealt with a lady that had this spirit of perfection. It ran in her family. All of her sisters, all just perfect families, perfect lives. Makeup had to be perfect. Hair had to be perfect. Clothes have to be perfect. Spirit of perfection was ruining her life, okay? Now, people that have the spirit of perfection not only have to do everything perfect, but they expect everybody else around them to be perfect too. Here's why the spirit of perfection is so daunting and damaging. Because when you have the spirit of perfection, not only does everything have to be perfect, but you require your perfection on everybody else and you are a burden to be around. Yes, perfection. You're a burden to be around because you always want everything perfect. And here's the reality. Everything's not always going to be perfect. This usually comes by not being accepted or feeling good enough. So you have to go over and above to make sure everything's perfect. It doesn't leave any room for error or variation in your life. Everything has to be according to schedule. And this is a result of going over and above because not feeling accepted. We're going to break that spirit of perfection tonight in Jesus name. Spirit of lust. I don't have to go into great detail on this usually comes from pornography, but could also come from other places. And lust works with perversion, which I talked about earlier. It brings in the spirit of homosexuality. It brings in the spirit of fantasies. It brings in the incubus, the succubus. These are all working together with lust and it opens up the door to a mess of other things. Now, remember the Bible says sexual sin is the only sin where you sin against yourself. Every other sin, the Bible says you do outside the body, but sexual sin, you sin against yourself. So lust is an incredibly powerful spirit. It's incredibly common spirit. And the way you battle the spirit, once you're delivered is you begin to take thoughts captive. This is how you battle. Every time you get the thought, you begin to take the thought captive. Okay. Spirit of anger. Very, very, very common. The way that I define this is uncontrollable temper, sudden fits of rage, 
literally makes your blood boil. If you have the spirit of anger, you get mad, you get frustrated to beyond the point where you don't even want to deal with, you don't, you don't even know, it's, you don't even feel like it's you. Like, I don't even know why I'm acting this way. I don't know why I'm so angry. This is a spirit of anger. Um, some people black out and say, I don't even remember punching the wall or breaking this thing. This is uncontrollable spirit of anger. It's a spirit that elevates anger. So it takes your anger, you might be a little bit mad about something and it takes it to the 10th degree and you completely blow up. The spirit of anger is not just damaging to yourself, but it's damaging to everybody else around you. I'm gonna go through one more and then we're gonna do the prayer of deliverance. Depression. Usually the spirit of depression comes from a spirit or a situation of disappointment. The word disappointment means a missed appointment. It means when I thought something was going to happen and it did not happen and then it brings depression. Now one of the major symptoms that you have the spirit of depression and you probably know what I'm going to say here is sleeping in. Sleeping in is one of the telltale signs that there is a spirit of depression at work in your life. It will keep you in bed. Depression will rob you of your purpose. The reason why you sleep in is because you feel like you have no reason to wake up. You have nothing to look forward to. Remember, Elijah was dealing with depression, sitting under a tree, literally asking God to kill him. And God broke that depression off of him by giving him an assignment. Some of you need to ask the Lord for an assignment. In fact, the, the definition of depression is to lose interest in activities or lose interest of in life. But God wants to give you interest in life again. He wants to make your life exciting again because he is going to be the center of your life. He's going to be your everything. He is going to break depression off of you right now. Break it off of you right now. Okay, now I know some of you are saying, well, I love sleeping in, but I'm not depressed. That's fine, okay? I love sleeping in. I'm not a morning person. I study at night. I stay up till two in the morning studying and praying. That's when I do my spiritual stuff. But I'm talking about one of the major symptoms of depression is sleeping in. I could remember before I was saved, nobody really knew I was extremely depressed and I would sleep in and everyone said, why did you sleep until two o'clock in the day? I'm talking, I used to sleep until two, three o'clock and nobody knew I was sleeping in because I was depressed and I didn't feel a reason to get out of bed. So that is the spirit of depression. Okay, here's what I want to do, guys. We have named the demon groupings. We've talked about the ways demon working kingdoms. We've given you over 50 groups. We named over 150 demons. We broke down 10 different spirits. Now I want to get into the deliverance prayer. Now, because of COVID and everything going on, I believe God is releasing a higher level of spiritual authority. I believe there's a new level of deliverance, a new wave of deliverance, where God is going to begin to deliver people through these broadcasts like he's never delivered them before. I believe there's an anointing for self-deliverance. If you need deliverance tonight, or maybe you just need to see if there's something there, something manifest. If it doesn't come out tonight, you need to seek deliverance. You need to find a believer, find a church, someone around you that will do deliverance. You need to go to them, say, lay hands on me and begin to pray. There's no right way to do it. There's no wrong way to do it. There's no formula. We're going to do self-deliverance right now. So I'm going to pray. I'm going to lead you through as if I was actually doing deliverance on a one-to-one -one person. I'm going to show you what I would do. I'm going to lead you through, and then you're going to pray that prayer, and then we're going to begin to command spirits to come out of you, okay? I'm just going to begin to name spirits. I'm going to begin to command them to come out of you. Let me just warn you here. If you have kids in the room, if you have family over, if you're having like trying to have a nice little barbecue and you're listening to this, you may manifest, okay? There's a very high chance you're going to manifest. So I'm just going to warn you before we start praying, if you don't want to manifest, if you don't want to spark anything, if you don't want to get deliverance tonight, um, then you should probably click out because I'm telling you right now, people are going to manifest 100%. When we start binding these demons, I'm going to start binding and calling demons out by name. There's going to be manifestation that's happening, okay? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with unforgiveness. This is one of the 
biggest things that demons hang on to during deliverance when we're praying deliverance so i want you to begin to release forgiveness i want you to begin to think about anybody in your life that you might have unforgiveness towards and literally all yeah you could put anointing oil on yourself all you're going to do is say i forgive okay so you're going to say i forgive and the person's name so i forgive tony i forgive jennifer if you want to say what they did that's completely up to you we don't need to go back into your childhood we don't need to go back and try to say what they did we're not going back we're going forward tonight but what we're going to start out with is we're going to begin to do unforgiveness so here's what we're going to do you're literally just going to verbally say i forgive this person because when we do this deliverance prayer i don't want the demons to hang on to unforgiveness so let's just spend a moment. I can't put on worship music due to copyright. So it's just going to be awkward silence, but we're going to spend a moment. I'm going to begin to pray, ask the Lord to reveal, and you begin to do your unforgiveness. I'm going to give you like two minutes to do this. Just begin to pray, close your eyes, ask the Lord if there's anybody that you have unforgiveness towards. And if you want to type them out, somebody, some of you are typing them out. You can completely do that. If you want to speak them out, I know there's power in confessing sin one to another, but right now we're going to begin. Yes. People are saying their heart is racing. They're getting sweaty. Yes, this is manifestations. There's definitely probably demons there. And tonight is your night to get delivered, okay? Father, right now, I pray that you would expose every person in our life that we have unforgiveness towards. Lord, we are asking that you would reveal where there is unforgiveness so that we could deal with it and we could cut it at the root. Father, we know that unforgiveness gives gives um, the devil power over our lives. It's, we get turned over to the tormentors, your words say. So, Father, right now, we ask all unforgiveness to be broken. Father, we ask right now that you would expose unforgiveness in our lives. I'm asking for myself tonight, Lord, that you would shed light on all unforgiveness in Jesus name father we're asking right now right now unforgiveness be released now be broken now right now expose it reveal it we might have even forgot about the people father we're asking that you would bring these people to our remembrance in Jesus name and you would just release 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 right now I speak you are released from that now in Jesus name come on just begin to forgive begin to forgive right now just speak it out Begin to forgive everyone that's hurt you. Begin to forgive everyone that's talked bad about you. Everybody that's betrayed you. People that have stolen from you. People that have robbed you in your business, in your life. Family members, parents, aunts, uncles. The Bible says to forgive. This is a biblical principle. So right now, just to begin to forgive them, we're going to go about one more minute. Forgiving, forgiving, forgiving. Father, just release the spirit of forgiveness. Lord, we thank you that we could forgive them because you forgave us. This is not telling them what they did was okay. This is letting you free from the prison that you're in. You're in prison, not them. Right now, just release it. Father, release forgiveness. Release forgiveness. Break us out. Loose us from unforgiveness now in Jesus' name. Loose us now. Loose us now in Jesus' name. Father, we ask right now for complete forgiveness in Jesus' name. We ask for a complete forgiveness right now in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Okay, right now, what we're going to do is we're going to begin to renounce, or you can say synonymously, repent of sins. So we're going to break the legal right. The demons are there because you did something for them to be there. The Bible says the curse has to be there from because of a cause. So you can't have a curse or a demon if you didn't do anything. The demons are there right now because you did something. So what we're doing now is we're breaking their legal right to be there. They're there because they have a right to be there. So by saying, I renounce, and then naming the sin, we're repenting, we're renouncing it. And basically all we're doing is we're telling the demons, you have no more legal right to be there. You have no more legal right to mess with them. So whatever your stronghold is, I don't know what you're dealing with, whether it's lust, whether it's witchcraft, whether it's anger, whatever you're dealing with, this is literally all you're going to do is you're going to say, I renounce anger. I renounce lust. I renounce anxiety. 
I renounce depression. I renounce suicide. I renounce um, whatever it is, okay? So you're just going to start renouncing things. I always tell people it's better to renounce more stuff that aren't there than not renounce stuff that is there. So just begin to speak out in your own words what you renounce. So I'll just lead you through some common things. Um, I renounce bitterness. I renounce resentment. I renounce hatred. I renounce unforgiveness. I renounce all violence. I renounce retaliation. I renounce all rebellion. I renounce all strife. Anything you're dealing with, you just say, I renounce it. I renounce it. I renounce stubbornness. I renounce disobedience. I renounce strife. I renounce contention, bickering, arguing. I renounce the spirit of perfection. I renounce the spirit of control. I renounce spirit, uh, materialism. I renounce rejection. I renounce insecurities. I renounce jealousy. I renounce all escape, withdrawal, passivity, heaviness, um, worry. I renounce nervousness, all mental illness. We just renounce them now. We don't want them. All you're literally doing is telling the demons, I don't want you. Because the demons oftentimes will say, they want me here. And by you saying this, you're breaking their legal right to be there. I renounce all idolatry. I renounce fears and pride and covetousness. Um, I renounce impatience. I renounce grief and false burden. I renounce uh, death, the spirit of death. Come on, I renounce that now in Jesus' name. I renounce gluttony. I renounce self-accusation. I renounce uh, guilt. I renounce lust and all sexual impurities in Jesus' name. Come on, one more minute. I renounce false religions. I I renounce cults and the occult. Ouija boards, palmistry, handwriting, future reading, tarot cards. Just begin to renounce them now in Jesus' name. Begin to renounce them. And then we're going to, Father, right now, We plead the blood over every generational curse now, and we command every generational curse to be broken in Jesus' name. Come on, begin to speak that over you. Say, I command every generational curse in my generational line to be broken by the blood of Jesus, and I command every generational curse to go in the name of Jesus, okay? Now I'm going to pray this prayer over you and you could begin to tell demons that they have to leave you. I command every spirit that is listening to this now to leave in the name of Jesus with no passing on of duties to enter the abyss and never return. I command now every demonic power to leave now in Jesus' name. I command every spirit of grief. I command every spirit of lust. I command every spirit of religion. I command every spirit of adultery. I command every mental illness, the spirit of madness, mania, insomnia. We command you to go now in Jesus' name. Just begin to command those demons to leave you now. I command now worry to go, anxiety, fear, dread, every unclean spirit that is listening we command you to leave to go to the abyss and to never return in jesus name spirit of addiction we call you out now and we command you to leave in jesus name spirit of rejection we command you to leave in jesus name spirit of control dominance witchcraft and possessiveness the lord rebukes you and we command you now to leave in jesus name spirit of insecurity and self-pity we command you to go in jesus name and to never come back spirit of bitterness resentment hatred unforgiveness and violence we command you to leave now in jesus name you have no power you have no authority the lord rebukes you and we command you to leave i command all spirits of phobia to leave now i command the spirit of hysteria to leave now in jesus name i command the spirit of pride the spirit of ego the spirit of arrogance and vanity i command 
command you, leave now in Jesus' name. Go into the abyss and never return. I command the spirit of fatigue, tiredness, weariness, and laziness. I command you to leave in Jesus' name. Spirit of infirmity and every power of infirmity, every spirit of infirmity, the Lord rebukes you. We bind you now in Jesus' name, and we command you to leave now in Jesus' name. You have no power. You have no authority. I bind the spirit of death, and I command you to come off of these people now in the name of Jesus. We bind the spirit of cursing. Come on, just begin to bind it. We command the spirit of cursing, of coarse jokes, of blasphemy, of gossiping, of criticism, of backbiting. We command you to leave now in Jesus' name. You have no power. You have no authority now. All false religions, spirit of Buddhism, Hinduism, Islam, uh, Shintoism, we command you now. Spiritism, go now in Jesus' name. Ritualism, formalism, religion, we bind you now and we command you to leave in Jesus' name. Father, we ask you right now for your deliverance power to be released, that you would release mass deliverance right now, that you would break these demonic powers. We command every lingering spirit, every spirit that is listening, we command you by the power of Jesus Christ and in the name of Jesus Christ. Yes, someone said they're throwing up. God is delivering right now. We speak over you, Ruth. Every demon must leave. Go now in Jesus' name. Some of you might help to take a deep breath because the demons oftentimes will leave out of your mouth or out of your nose. Right now, every demon must leave now in Jesus' name. You must go in Jesus' name. You have no right to these people. They are not your home. And the Lord rebukes you in Jesus' name. Every demon spirit, go. Go in Jesus' name. We command you now to go. Every lingering spirit, go now. We command you to come off of Ashley now in Jesus' name. Every demonic power, right now, go into the abyss and never return. Come out of them now. Come out of them now. Yes, they oftentimes leave through yawning. Come out of them now. Right now. Right now. We bind you in Jesus' name. Come on. Some of you might need to start doing some self-delivering. I see a lot of you say, I'm sweating. I'm sweating. I'm getting hot. My heart's racing. Some of you need to might, start com- might need to start commanding those demons. In the name of Jesus, we command you to go now in Jesus' name. Someone said throwing up. Yes, go. Go in Jesus' name. Every demon, go. Every demon go. You have no power. They are not your home. Some of you are hearing those demons say "I'm your, that you're my home. These people are not your home. And we command you to leave them now in Jesus' name. Get out of them now. Yes, a lot of you are yawning. They come out when you yawn, you yawn as well. Yes, we command you come out of Connie now in Jesus' name. Now, go in Jesus' name. If you feel like throwing up, just open your mouth and let it out of you. Go in Jesus' name. Every lingering spirit must go now. Every lingering spirit must go now. You have no legal right. We have broken every legal right. And we say, go now in Jesus' name. People say they're dry heaving. Just let it out of you. Go. 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 Every spirit leave now in Jesus' name. Every spirit leave now in Jesus' name. Every unclean spirit. In Jesus' name, we bind you, we rebuke you, and we command you to leave their bodies now in Jesus' name. You have no legal right and no legal authority. Lots of comments, people saying throwing up, burping, shaking, sweating. I'm telling you guys, God is delivering right now. Being delivered, come on, right now. Go, all of it. All of it must go. All of it must go now in Jesus' name. Off your husband, off your wife, off your kids. Yes, they can come out without coughing. They can come out without yawning. 
There, there's many ways they come out. Yawning is the main one. Coughing, throwing up. Right now, go in Jesus' name. Go. Get off of Letty now. We command every demonic spirit that's hanging on to leave. Every lingering spirit, we call you out and we say, leave in Jesus' name. We say, leave in Jesus' name. You have no legal right. We plead the blood of Jesus against you now. Come on, just a couple more minutes. We, bleed the, we plead the blood of Jesus now, right now. Soul ties are being broken right now. Yes. We break every soul tie in Jesus' name. Every soul tie from an ex-boyfriend, an ex-wife, an ex-husband, someone that you fornicated with, we break soul ties now in Jesus' name. We command them to go. They have no authority. They have no legal right. No more dreams. No more lingering. The Lord rebuke you now. Every soul tie, every generational curse, we plead the blood of Jesus. Go in Jesus' name. Spirit of horror, horror movies. Someone's getting delivered right now from watching horror movies. I rebuke that spirit. I command you to come out. Nightmare spirit, come out. Night terror spirit, come out now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Do deliverance, Lord, we ask you right now. Deliverance anointing, we ask you right now, Lord. Have your way right now, God. You know our need. And Father, we pray that you would release your power in Jesus' name. That you would deliver your people in Jesus' name that they would be completely delivered now, that this, that you are not a body for demons, you are a temple of the Holy Ghost, and we command now, we say now, be healed and be restored and be delivered in Jesus' name. Right now, every demon lingering now that could hear this broadcast, we bind you, we bind your power, and we loose these people now in Jesus' name. And we say, you must go, you have no legal right. Complete the work, Lord, we ask you in Jesus' name. Father, we ask where every demon came out. I'm sorry, guys. My eye is burning for some reason. We command every demon that came out now, every empty space, we ask, Father, that you would fill them with your Holy Spirit. Every time we finish praying for deliverance and the demons leave, we command the Holy Spirit to come and fill the place. Father, we ask you now, and we speak the Holy Spirit to fill you now. Lord, we thank you that you've given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Father, I pray that you would seal every person here tonight with your power and with your Holy Spirit, and with your anointing. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content, and please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.